0: A major disaster scenario in the United States would likely overwhelm acute care hospitals. Nursing homes present one alternative location for providing care. In the case of pandemic influenza outbreak, are these care facilities prepared to handle an overflow of patients? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment Focus on disaster medicine. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. And our guests are Dr. Philip Smith, Professor and Chief of Infectious Diseases at the University of Nebraska School of Medicine, and Dr. Lona Modi, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine in the Division of Geriatric Medicine at the University of Michigan School of Medicine. Dr. Smith and Dr. Modi are co-authors of a publication in JAMA on preparedness for pandemic influenza in nursing homes. Welcome, Dr. Smith and Dr. Modi.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: We are discussing nursing home preparedness for pandemic influenza. Doctors, looking at nursing homes across the country, is there one person who is typically in charge of this preparedness, and and who is that person?
2: Well, we asked that in our survey, and We were very pleased to find out that over three-quarters of the nursing homes had a designated person in charge of pandemic influenza planning. A variety of persons had this role, most commonly the infection control practitioner. Other people that were occasionally in charge were the directors of nursing or safety coordinators or nursing home administrators.
0: Are there specific responsibilities of that leader and even qualifications that are necessary of that leader on this preparedness?
2: Well, this is a fairly new role, so there are no national standards or certification or qualifications. But in general, it seemed to be somebody who was interested in planning and interested in infectious disease and had a knowledge of hospital policies. uh, So that seemed to be a fairly logical fit with the infection control professional at the facilities.
0: I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking, are the nursing homes obliged to care for the population at large or prioritize the care for their residents in these type of situations?
1: Yeah. I mean, nursing homes are obligated to take care of their own, which is their own nursing home population. However, nursing homes can serve as a backup for other facilities, such as acute care hospitals, if there is a need for them to step up.
0: Are they required to do so?
2: This may actually pose a conflict between moral duties, if you will, of a long-term care facility. Their primary duty is to the residents that they're taking care of, and they have an elderly vulnerable group that would be hard hit by an influenza outbreak. On the other hand, they have at least an indirect obligation to society, so perhaps if they had empty beds, they could take some extra patients or extra influenza patients, but that might pose some risk to their own patients. To my knowledge, they don't have an obligation to take overflow hospital patients or surge patients during an outbreak, but a number of them have said that they would be potentially interested in doing that.
0: Then how would you guide these nursing homes in terms of taking the right posture?
2: Well, that's a good question. I don't think that there is a national guide right now. Each nursing home has to look at the risks and benefits and make their own decision. The study that Dr. Modi and I did demonstrated that even if nursing homes wanted to take overflow hospital patients, that they had a number of logistic problems. First of all, they were almost 90% full, so there are very few beds available. Uh, Secondly, issues like staffing, that would pose a significant problem. And thirdly, they have to deal with the possible risk of introducing influenza into their population. They very strongly expressed a desire not to send out residents who are living in the nursing home in order to open up beds in a hospital setting during an outbreak they are working on protocols so that if there are people that are in the hospital that maybe are about ready to go home they're not that sick the hospital can discharge them a couple days early and that would not be a burden for that person the nursing home the patient lives there it's their home they just where their possessions are And you can't just send them home because, first of all, they may have no place to go. I'd be interested in Dr. Modi's take on that as well. Please, please.
1: Yeah, I think that for a majority of nursing home residents, that is their home. There will be a proportion of what we call subacute care residents or the acute care beds that a nursing home might have where they can have a flexibility of accepting patients from a hospital setting or discharging those patients a little bit early if there was a planning. In addition, I do believe that in this day and age where Patients are transferred from the community to acute care hospital, to school nursing care facility. No single entity can operate as a silo. I think that collaboration will have to occur and communication lines between these various stakeholders will have to be there in order to better prepare our society in general for pandemic preparedness. One likely scenario can be that, say, a city has seen some activity of pandemic flu, and there are a couple of patients, for example, admitted on the seventh floor of an acute care hospital And then a nursing home affiliated with that hospital is accepting patients from that hospital, gets a patient from sixth floor, but was that person exposed, not exposed? I think that both nursing homes and hospitals have to work together to identify the suspect cases.
0: If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special segment, Focus on Disaster Medicine, on ReachMD XM-157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guests today are Dr. Philip Smith, Professor-in-Chief of Infectious Diseases at the University of Nebraska School of Medicine, and Dr. Lona Modi, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine in the Division of Geriatric Medicine at the University of Michigan School of Medicine. We are discussing nursing home preparedness for pandemic influenza. Doctors, how does the size of the nursing home and the typical occupancy rate affect the planning or ability to contribute in this type of disaster?
1: There are different types of nursing homes. For example, in Ann Arbor area and local nearby facilities, we have certain smaller places such as some 40- to 50-bed nursing homes that have a very, very stable population. They take care of older adults who are slightly functionally impaired and would not like to stay by themselves at home, but in general are healthy and do not go back and forth to the hospital to them, this facility is their home. Such facilities do not accept subacute care patients. So they, their population has less indwelling device usage, less antibiotic usage, less acuity of care. And on the other hand, we have other nursing homes that are 150, 200 bed nursing homes where three quarters of their beds are devoted to subacute care patients, which means that they accept a lot of patients on a daily basis from a hospital who are, for example, post-hip replacement or who require an extended duration of IV antibiotics for acute bacterial endocarditis and so on and so forth.
0: Is there a threshold number of days that a facility would need to be self-sufficient?
2: No, that varies a great deal. The Joint Commission recommends four days or 96 hours, just as a rough guideline. One of the things that surprised me from our survey was that about half the nursing homes we surveyed were stockpiling something, which I thought was a fairly sophisticated thing to be doing, because even some hospitals haven't gotten that far yet. But in view of the fact that there are going to be shortages, and the suppliers will be short of supplies that they can pass on, I think it's it's very prudent for nursing homes to stockpile hand-washing supplies, gloves, masks, and so forth. About half of them were stockpiling a variety of different items. Even 18% of them were stockpiling food. And Dr. Modi in Michigan asked about antivirals and found that about 18% were stockpiling that. So I thought that was a sign that they were taking seriously the possibility that they may have shortages during a pandemic.
0: Are they all financially able to do that?
2: No, I think it's fair to say that they're stretched. They have much less resources. And and preparedness for nursing homes and hospitals is a so-called unfunded mandate and no one is giving them money to buy supplies or giving them money to hire a staff developer who can develop a pandemic plan. So this is an expense that they're bearing on their own, but I think it's widely recognized that the pandemic will occur and they need to prepare even if it's at their own expense.
0: Let's talk about communication lines with local hospitals, state and public health officials, even families of the patient's how is this sorted up?
1: We, in our survey, asked that question. The results were in general mixed. About 45% of them said that they had established some communication with nearby hospitals and about 53% said that they had established some communication with state and local public health officials. In general, though, in, in Michigan at least, the regional planning has not brought nursing home administrators on the table or nursing home planners on the table. So certainly more needs to be done in terms of making the communication more open and actually happening. And I'm sure that's the case in Nebraska also, although Dr. Smith can add to it
2: please, sir. Yes, that's very much the case. So I think that overall about half of the facilities had contacted nearby hospitals and public health districts, I think it's essential that they do that. Number one, an epidemic affects everyone and there will be patients transferred back and forth and notifying each other there's a potential for helping each other by exchanging supplies, exchanging information, perhaps exchanging staff. And one of the things we found in our survey that was a little disappointing was that so few facilities had exercised their plan. So they might develop a very nice influenza plan and put it on the shelf, and we think that they need to be running practice drills, so-called tabletops, and that one way to help communication is that you invite the local hospitals and the local public health department to come to your facility when you're doing a tabletop and role play, and then you know how to contact each other more readily and what resources are available in the presence of an epidemic.
0: This final question is for both of you, please. If you would each look into your respective crystal ball, what do you see down the road 5, 10, 15 years from now with respect to this problem?
2: I guess I would see there's a lot of momentum that's been gained the last several years. And I think if you look into your crystal ball even two or three years from now, I think that disaster planning or pandemic influenza planning will be something that Every nursing home will do, in fact, will be regulatorily required, I'm guessing, and that since it's required of hospitals and nursing homes of public health, a premium will be put on collaboration and communication, and you'll see much more in the way of information sharing and joint tabletop exercises. And Dr. Modi?
1: And I would take it further in saying that the planning and the resources that have gone into pandemic preparedness will help these facilities better respond to other major disasters, both natural and man-made.
0: I want to thank our guests, Dr. Philip Smith and Dr. Lona Modi. We've been discussing nursing home preparedness for pandemic influenza. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment focused on disaster medicine on Reach MD XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com featuring on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MDXM157. And thank you for listening.